Hello, and welcome to the first episode of The Expert in 2020. We thank you for your patience waiting for this episode, and we look forward to bringing you some of the best experts Central Alberta has to offer in the coming year. This episode, we bring you City of Lacombe Economic Development Manager Guy Lapointe and former Lacombe Councillor and Affordable Housing Steering Commission Chair Audi Kite. Kite and Lapointe are here to discuss some of the City of Lacombe's unique solutions to the issue of affordable housing, which is an issue that municipalities across the country are currently grappling with. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, guys. Today I wanted to uh, talk a little bit about housing, in particular affordable housing. And both of you are on the Affordable Housing Steering Committee for the City of Lacombe. And I figured that'd be a good opportunity to kind of get into the issues that face, well, a lot of communities across the country, but particularly in central Alberta as well, too. So do you maybe guys want to, if one of you wants to start off, just kind of explain uh, what the steering committee does and how that affects this community. Sure. Um, the, the steering committee um, got its, uh, its start uh, from uh, some research that we did uh, a couple years back. Um, back in 2015, um, and that research indicated obviously that there was a need for, for us to explore affordable housing issues within the community. Um, and the, uh, the intent was to establish a, a committee that was uh, primarily grassroots with uh, some uh, councillors involved as well um, that would uh, evaluate issues, um, be responsible for um, making sure that a, a strategy was developed but that it remained current as well. Um, and that uh, you know steps would be taken uh, to try to use some funding that we had had um, assigned to, the, to us by the province approximately 10 years earlier uh, that had not been utilized and, and that we could repurpose towards uh, new projects uh, that, that met a need within Lacombe. So the, the committee does uh, ultimately implement and maintain the strategy, but then make decisions on um, new affordable housing proje- projects based on the affordable housing strategy. Uh, when you guys kind of repurposed, what was the desperation at the time there? I know for a long time people have been talking about, uh, particularly uh, with baby boomers retiring, that housing was going to become an issue and stuff like that. Was was there a level of desperation to ensure that there was solutions in in this community and communities like this? Or? Um, sure. Um, I'm not sure that the baby boomer issue was, was uh, the critical uh, piece when we started the committee. Uh, I think more so it was that we did not have affordable rental housing in Lacombe, period. And uh, when we had the stats at that time, it showed that uh, there was a significant number of uh, the demographics in Lacombe who were renting, who were low income, and who couldn't afford to live here, who wished to live here. And and part of that was demand-based. We we certainly understood at the time that we needed some numbers to back it up that vacancy was incredibly low uh, within Lacombe. And so, of course, when you have um, high demand, that means higher prices. Uh, And that's what was happening on the rental side of things, for sure. Absolutely. I was looking at some of your numbers on rentals, actually, and it was talking about how for both rentals and homeowners that ideally you want to spend under 30% of your income on on your lodging, basically. And rental, it seemed from your numbers there, that's still a challenge. It's kind of facing... The, uh, the the committee right now. I, you know, I, I don't want to take away from the home ownership side of things. The mm-hmm. home ownership side of things is is problematic as well. Um, there isn't really, a, for lack of a better term, a, a starter home uh, within Lacombe. That three hundred thousand dollar price range is kind of you, you you step right into that, and so there isn't a way for 
for new homeowners to sort of step in and get something so that they can start, um, you know, the, their home homeownership uh, experience themselves. So, uh, you know, there is there was definitely two pressures that we could identify ourselves. But when we started doing the research, we, we, we found out that there was so much more. You know, seniors were, were struggling within the community. We have an aging population. Um, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, people want to, to work and live within their same community. And, it, and at times that was not, not possible for people. Um, so people, you know, again, wanted to live within Lacombe, but had to reside within another community uh, in order to, to, to make that work. Uh, what's kind of been done so far to address some of those issues you just talked about? <laughs> Odie's deferring to me. <laughs> um, so it, the the first report that we um, brought back to council identified some some priorities for us, um, and we were able to, to execute some of those priorities very quickly. The the priority, um, I guess, maybe not the priority. So, so what we really wanted to do was leverage our dollars. Um, so that we weren't leading projects ourselves. And that was probably the overarching uh, guiding principle that we had in place. Um, and so in, in light of that, we wanted to um, release a request for expression of interest that was fairly open-ended that allowed private industry to sort of fill in the gaps for us. Um, and so that initial, um, actually we've had two intakes now at this point, had been primarily focused around home ownership and as a result, we've seen things like um, Habitat for Humanity come around. Uh, we have uh, the down payment assistance uh, program that we offered where we actually provided down payments to, to qualifying individuals to purchase their first, uh, their first homes. Uh, one um, additional project that we had was the U-turn um, the supportive housing um, situation as well. And uh, <clears throat> so that wasn't home ownership, but that was, uh, that was something that allowed us to address something else on the spectrum. So, Primarily home ownership, but we've been able to address some supportive uh, housing. But the committee definitely feels that the rental side of things needs to be addressed at this point. I noticed in uh, your you guys the the article you guys submitted it talked about how um, public house like straight public housing wasn't considered really an option. I imagine the cost played a large part of that. But was there any other uh, factors that played in that decision to not consider like just straight up public housing? I don't think so. You know, um, traditionally, the public housing is government funded, mm -hmm. and um, it always operates on the deficit budget. And so, if we were to consider public housing, we would then need to look at long-term operational uh, subsidies for that program. So that was not a feasible option. So is that which kind of led you to towards the more private sector kind of mixed response to it? Or? Exactly, and there's lots of innovation happening in the, in the in the development and uh, in the builders market. So we are excited to see uh, what kind of ideas come forth. And you talked a little, you guys talked a little bit about that $300,000 uh, entry level to purchase your own home. I think that's pretty, that that's pretty non-affordable. And I think that's a, it's something that a lot of communities are facing, not just Lacombe there. How do you kind of get, how do you guys find in terms of just home ownership, how do you guys get to that point where a community can offer less than that? Is that just finding development or is, is that repurposing old homes? How does, how do you, how do you start driving that number down? Because I, I know that most developers are in the business of making money. So making homes that 
are not high priced is probably more difficult for them, right? So, so again, if you reviewed the original affordable housing strategy and there's still elements in the, the revised affordable housing strategy that we have, um, a number of the initiatives that we're focused on um, are sort of the project-based piece, but there are recommendations around things like uh, changing the land use bylaw. Um, and that was one of the, the, the very first things that we did um, not as a committee, but as a recommendation that went to, to the planning department that was later incorporated into the municipal de development plan um, was to, to make lot size smaller. So Lacombe actually prided itself on a number of years and, and, and likely still does in a, a number of situations of having larger lots. But if you can imagine that larger lots translates into more expensive housing. Mm -hmm. um, so if you can actually offer um, a smaller lot option um, you could actually offer more homes at a more affordable price. Um, and so we're seeing some of that transition. I think the other piece is, is when people think about you know, home ownership, they automatically think of single family homes. Mm -hmm. um, and in the last few years, um, as home affordability has sort of escalated, um, people have transitioned to, to apartments. Um, and so yeah, in, in most situations that's, it is rentals. Um, but you know, understanding that a more dense um, option, um, you know, apartments, condos, townhouses, um, can drive down that price as well. And so I think developers are starting to realize that, you know, as, as sales are kind of sluggish, sluggish on the single family house side of things, um, there's an alternative out there that in, in the more densified housing option. Yeah, what, what about uh, kind of infills there? I know you talked about a land use bylaw in there, and I noticed I've, I've been in a few municipal councils and changing land use bylaws can often get a lot of backlash from the community there in terms of when you're changing density and kind of like that. Or is that something you guys in your research notice that there, this, this can be a difficult thing to change the density of a community to make more affordable options? Or So I, I'm actually going to default to to Odie on this one only because she could probably give you a bit of a sense. She's a former counselor herself yeah. and has dealt with some of these issues in the past. Um, you know, um, the reason I ran for council in 2007 was because of that. Mm -hmm. um, Lacombe has traditionally been a single-family home community, and um, so that's why we are today where we are, is we are trying to change the landscape, um, and luckily we have had developers who, who are willing to do that. So we have subdivisions now where we have more multifamily, uh, we have zoning that's required for new subdivisions, that there has to be the different kinds of zoning, allowing for different sizes of homes and types of housing. And so um, that has been the first step, and it has been 20 years in the making. And so that way we have made progress. Um, and regarding the infill, the, now the land use pilot allows us to do garden suites. Um, and so that's another one for the large lots, which would be interesting to see um, I, I'm not sure if we have had any applications for those yet. If we have any, I don't think we have. Um, but that's allowable now. And so there's another option there that could be, you know, even for first homeowner, if you have a large lot, uh, you could do a garden suite uh, next to the back alley, and that would help you with your mortgage and also add, you know, affordable housing in the community. And I don't know if there's an easy answer really mm -hmm, to that totally, one. Yeah. I think, you know, there's, there's certainly the opportunity, as Odie has alluded to, um, but one thing that we hear in Lacombe, it doesn't matter where you are in Lacombe, whether it's on the peripheries of Lacombe or, you know, again, in these infill areas, 
people are concerned about parking, and that is probably the biggest pushback that we receive. And so, um, correct me if I'm wrong. And again, I, I don't want to I don't want to speak about uh, incorrectly about this, but we will put a, a maximum number of sort of um, higher density developments within a, a certain neighborhood because we don't want to exceed um, you know the, the parking um, requirements within a certain area. Um, so again, you know, there may be opportunities to build larger lots, uh, but we do have to uh, mitigate that with, you know, concerns for parking as well. Absolutely. Obviously, every uh, land design doesn't make the cut, but I'm just wondering what the committee also looked at. Because I know lots of communities have looked into things like tiny homes and other things, and I don't know if that's particularly what's been part of your research there, but it seems like it seems like affordable home ownership is something the whole country, the whole Western world is looking at. And I just want to know if you guys looked at any of those other more unconventional options. And obviously, every idea doesn't work for every community. But did you want to say something? I I I was going to just talk about uh, secondary suites. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, that's right. not necessarily that's not home ownership, but that's still affordable rentals. Yeah. And several years ago, already the city um, you know, started to work um, uh, work started work on allowing secondary suites and so we have rules and regulations how that is working and when we first introduced the concept um, we actually had several applications uh, for secondary suites especially for new builds mm -hmm. so um, you know family who was building a new home uh, would apply to have a secondary suite in their basement uh, obviously to offset the cost of their mortgage but that was a um, very easy um, solution. Um, the rules are that you can only have so many secondary suites in each walk area. And so that's the only restriction, you know, that if you want one and there's already so many in the, in the neighborhood, then they are, might already be maxed out. Uh, but that was another successful um, initiative. So it, in answer to your question, I mean, that's obviously an alternative form of housing. Mm -hmm. um, the committee is looking at things, uh, as, as, as Odie indicated, um, like the, uh, the garden suites. So that would be a, you know, a, almost like a tiny home option, mm -hmm. um, but towards the back opening onto you know, a lane uh, that would allow aging in place possibly, right? Um, I know we've talked about pocket neighborhoods because we have larger lots uh, in the downtown, maybe you could have you know several of these uh, almost tiny home kind of pieces tying together. And, and, and again, you're living in uh, accommodations where they're complementary at that point. Um, so there are a number uh, of options that we have, have looked at, but again, the committee will not, um, will not suggest that any of these are our priority. We want private enterprise to come forward and or public um, if that's an option, we're looking for partners to come forward and offer us options that allow us to maximize our, our investment. Yeah, it's interesting to me that you guys bring up secondary suites there because I know in Calgary they have been dealing with secondary suite issue for a long time. And in lots of cases, uh, homes already had secondary suites that were, in a sense, illegal. So a lot of the times when you introduce bylaws that allow these things, it seems to me it actually cleans up enforcement issues for things that are already there. And that's I guess an added advantage if you can find the right mix between these types of things as well. Yeah, and uh, when we introduced the uh, concept of secondary suites, we actually had a grant program mm -hmm. so that people who already had existing suites could apply for a grant to make it to go code so that then they would be um, 
following the building code um, and would be compliant to what was necessary to, you know, for you to have as far as fire separations, etc., in the secondary suites. And we did have some uh, people come forward, but we know that there are other suites in the city still that are, you know, we are not registered as secondary suites, but that was a start. Absolutely, yeah. I kind of want to move a bit more into the demographic issues that, that you guys face as a town. Uh, the number you got here is 900 households are over the age of 65 in Lacombe. That's quite a bit. I think that would be more than the average community this side. Do you want to talk maybe about the specific uh, challenges and issues that that brings up in terms of affordable housing? You know, Lacombe Foundation just did um, a study because uh, we are speaking for Lacombe Foundation right now. Um, we are looking at redeveloping the lodge and uh, the stats came back um, just uh, totally astounded me. Uh, the numbers that we got were that we will be 660 affordable units short in seniors housing by 2030. That's only That's 10 not very years far away. away. Yeah. Right. And so that definitely will be something that will be a challenge in Lacombe. How do you, I, I guess without being frightened by the number, because it is quite large, like how do you plan properly with, since we do have that 10 years to make sure that there are solutions here? Obviously we've talked about a bit, a few of them there, but it seems like that puts a bit of a, a ticking clock on the issue, if, so to speak, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Obviously, funding funding is a priority, right? And so, you know, um, I, I believe the committee, like many other communities, is going to be looking at the provincial and federal governments um, who have all talked about affordable op housing options um, to, to, to assist on the senior side of things in, in particular. Um, and again, Odie's got great experience um, and, uh, and knowledge in that area. Um, but it is, you're right, it's, 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 it's not, you know, somewhere down the line. It's in the very near future. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think the committee is very cognizant of, of that concern. And, you know, CMHC offers uh, options now for <coughs> affordable rentals with the 40-year mortgage. Um, they have programs for grants, etc. And I'm hoping that the developers would check into what's available there to help them uh, so that there would be that kind of assistance to build affordable housing because you definitely need to have some kind of grant assistance uh, so that your payments will be low enough to be able to afford to have the rents affordable as an owner. You know, what I always found really interesting the first time around, and again, um, we didn't push this on the, the, the recent revision, but um, the fact of the matter is, is there's a, there's a number of likely seniors that were overhoused within the city of Lacombe, mm -hmm. primarily because there probably isn't the appropriate sized housing for them to move into within the community. In order for them to, at the time, to have moved into something else, they probably had to leave the community. Many, many of them want to age in place and stay within the community. Yeah. But if you think about what happens in that case, um, those are the homes, most oftentimes, that are probably b below $300,000 that new homeowners would be able to afford and, and, and take on. So if you can address the seniors housing issue and allow them to, to age in place in within your community mm -hmm. um, and transition into something that is more appropriately sized, then you've actually opened up additional housing for, for new owners to, to, to move into themselves. Very true. Absolutely. And, and I think that's definitely the case here. But I think the one side of that is I think most people, when they live in a home for a long time, they are reticent to move from their homes there. Is I feel like there's also a space in there, if they do decide to change, stay in their home, that would require 
some amount of retrofitting and stuff like there that would help them not only age in place, but age in place in their current home there. Has this something that you guys have looked into at all in terms of just making sure that seniors don't have to, or if, that don't want to downsize, don't have to kind of thing? Or? We as a committee haven't really um, had that as part of our discussions. Mm -hmm. um, I know that the government has offered grants for doing those kind of retrofits in existing homes, um, allowing the seniors to age in place, but that's not something that we have looked at to date. However, I will say that maybe the garden suite option would be something that maybe that's what I was thinking, yeah. that, right? Mm -hmm. So that if you were actually to to take on, you know, again, if you wanted to keep the, the, the larger home within the family, you know, that the family could move in and essentially, you know, the uh, the grandparents or the seniors could move into the garden suite and stay within, you know, relatively uh, familiar confines, um, but actually transition within, you know, a property that they're familiar and comfortable with, right? So. Absolutely. And, and kind of on the other side of the demographics there, I know it's in every community that I've been around, encouraging young families to decide to live in their community is a large part of lots of plans for development in most places there. You talked about funding there. Always, There's always going to be limited funding that you have to disperse there. How do you encourage uh, people older 65 to stay in a community while also attracting younger families to come and went off and the things you might be funding might be counter to each other if you know what i mean by that interestingly you know what we have seen just um within my um area work is that we are seeing more people in their late 40s early 50s moving to town because their parents are in town mm -hmm. so it's not it's not just the start of families but it's the other way around now actually True. you know that the adult children who are now empty nesters are coming in because they want to be closer to their parents who are aging. You know, and I and I think obviously um, it, it's difficult in the uh, the current uh, economic climate that we're in. Uh, but one of the, the priorities that uh, the city of Lacombe has placed, if you look at the position that I hold, the community economic development position, is it's not simply about economic development. It's about it's about amenities, right? Yeah. And making sure that we have a, a good quality of life to offer, and so that might be. You know, pools, libraries, schools, those sorts of things. Uh, but then there's also the the other, you know, intangibles, the you know, the events and you know, an active and um, uh, participatory uh, community that's easy to, to 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 access, right? And so, you know, that's one of the things that I think the Lacombe really um, it really differentiates itself from different communities in that way, uh, simply because you know, again, people can get from place to place in a relatively short period of time, um, and we do have you know, for lack of a better term, lots going on. And so, you know, I, I, again, there isn't a reason to leave and go to a bigger center when you can access most of those services within your community. I mean, we've got a hospital, right? So. Yeah, absolutely. And not to counter your point here, but I did want to talk about the regional aspect of um, addressing things like aging populations and stuff like that. Uh, how much work have you guys put into seeing how you guys can work with your partners within the county, within Black Falls, within Red Deer to answer some some of these tough questions. I mean, obviously every community wants their own their own answer for sure, but I imagine some regional planning has to be involved. As a committee, we have not talked about that, but I know that Lacombe Foundation, for example, um, as a foundation, works with the municipalities like Black Falls, mm -hmm. uh, where um, in their business plan uh, they submitted a. Um, a project that uh, was um, 
was going to be built or would be built in Lacombe, specifically affordable housing. Mm-hmm. And so I think Lacombe Foundation's role in that is we cover the municipalities within Lacombe Foundation, um, w- within Lacombe County, sorry. And um, so the board members um, come from those municipalities, and so they bring their concerns to Lacombe Foundation board and they see, look at how they can address those concerns collectively. And so on the committee side, Odie is absolutely correct. I would I would agree, but I, I would argue that right now the, the mandate for the committee has not been to mm-hmm. focus regionally yet at this yes. point. Um, we may say that transition and right now, we had $1.3 million uh, to spend that they wanted us to sort of, we knew that there was um, there was an expiration date on these funds. Yep. Um, and, you know, the priority was let's spend this correctly, but let's make sure that we spend this money uh, because it's going to be to the benefit of our community, right? So that's been the focus yep. in the short term. I think we'll probably move on to sustainability and regional issues um, as we transition from that afterwards. I think that's a really good point that uh, Guy just made too is, uh, to keep in mind what the terms of reference of the committee are, mm-hmm. you know, what our limits are, what our boundaries are. Uh, we can't do everything and be everything to everyone. Um, and so to date, I think we have been successful because we have had very clear um, guidelines as to within the parameters that we have operated. Absolutely. Yeah. And then just in regards to that funding, maybe if you guys just want to outline uh, where that money is going to be going going forward. Yeah, so um, interestingly enough, um, this money was actually intended to, to, to go towards secondary suites. Um, and as well intended as that, um, that, 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 f- that program was going to be, it was uh, very much undersubscribed. Um, so we worked with the, prov- uh, the province to uh, redirect those dollars to initiatives as we see fit, essentially, at this point. Um, so at one point, we were actually taking these projects um, as one-off issues to the province, and they were basically rubber stamping them for us as we went. Mm-hmm. Um, but we thought it would be far more efficient to, to actually get approval to just say we could spend the dollars uh, in a matter that we see fit. And so the priorities at this point are really seniors housing, affordable rental housing, um, and um, I would say supportive housing. Those are yeah. the three areas that we're really looking at at this point. Um, that doesn't mean that we're going to be able to address all three. Our hope would be that we could maybe address all three in some meaningful way. Understanding, of course, when um, Odie's soaring around numbers like 660 seniors are going to need, to, you know, that's going to be shortfall in 10 years. Yeah. This committee is not going to be able to address that. Um, but uh, perhaps we can, you know, lay the groundwork for, for future committee work. Absolutely. And maybe if you just want to talk about I know the, attracting the private sector, do you want to talk about some of those private sector partnerships that have worked so far and who you're hoping to attract going forward, basically? <laughs> oh, he's looking at me. Uh, so, I, 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 again, I want to say partnerships. I don't, yeah. want to, I don't want to focus on private industry. Um, on the private side of things, we did deliver the, the down payment assistance program, which was, um, which was a very progressive program, if you think about it. These are... These were folks that uh, should be able to qualify um, for a house or a, mm-hmm. you know, a new mortgage. Um, and uh, simply because of uh, circumstances likely within Alberta, but specifically within Lacombe, they were unable to, to, to save a down payment. Um, and so the, the committee was able to um, essentially gift uh, a down payment uh, towards the um, qualifying applicants. They were able to get into, into homes. And again, I'm always talking about the domino theory at this point. 
those are folks that were likely probably taking up rental space. Yeah. And now, you know, folks who needed rental space uh, are, are hopefully being able to access rental space a little bit better. So, you know, that was, that was the private industry side of things. Um, when you talk about Habitat, Habitat uh, was selected for a number of reasons. Obviously, they've got a very uh, well-known and um, um, well-versed um, program that they offer. Um, and, um, you know, there is some concerns. Um, you can say what you want about it, but uh, occasionally when you talk about affordable housing, uh, there, is, um, there is that nimbyism that still exists out uh, in the community. And when you're working with a Habitat for Humanity, there's a lot of positivity that goes along yeah. with, a, with initiative like that. So, you know, we, we actually identified that as a group that we wanted to work with simply because we thought that the community would be far more supportive of that. And so we actually got two projects built with, with Habitat for Humanity, uh, one in Mackenzie Ranch and one in Shepherd's Heights. Uh, and then the last one, of course, was the, the U-Turn Supportive Housing Program, which allows um, um, youth, men specifically, mm -hmm. between the ages of 17 and 21, is that what it was? 16. 16 and 21. Um, who, um, you know, obviously for whatever reason find themselves either couch surfing or in a difficult situation. Um, and uh, the U-Term home uh, will provide them with some support to get them back on their feet. They actually do pay uh, some sort of rent in order mm -hmm. to stay there as well. Um, and so they, you know, they're supposed to learn some life skills where they're, while they're there and are able to transition into um, life afterwards. Um, so we feel like we've had uh, three real winners. Um, the process has been uh, really great. Again, if we had tried to deliver um, affordable housing solutions as a municipality ourselves, likely we would have been, a been able to deliver one of those programs. Yeah. Um, and then we would have been uh, responsible for the maintenance and everything afterwards ourselves. And so by partnering here, um, we're able to do more um, and, and, and take less of an administrative lead in the whole process. Absolutely. And you, you mentioned the, the domino effect there. It seems like some of these solutions would solve other 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 of these issues right and uh, so the one i'm sticking with specifically is he mentioned land use and, and that would have lower mortgages i think that would also create lower rentals because lots of times people will have a rental price that just covers their mortgage right like so if if you ha if you can have homes that are not impossible to cover with the mortgage that you can offer lower rents to people i think so that seems like when you talk about a domino effect it seems like it's all kind of interconnected in lots of different ways so and we have seen a little bit of that. I will say, I don't know if this committee is responsible for that, but as the, as the, um, the, the, the supply has increased, again, there's a couple of apartment buildings that have come to town where there's some of the projects we've been able to deliver, the vacancy rate has gone up. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know if you'd say that our rent has come down, but uh, it certainly hasn't increased like it was previously. Um, and so, you know, again, we, we are curbing that um, somewhat at this point. Absolutely. And I don't, I don't know if this is more too global, but as an economic developer, I imagine attracting businesses that are good jobs for people and stuff is also a big part of this. And this is a pro obviously outside the committee's realm of scope there. But as far in terms of economic development in Lacombe, I think it would make sense that if you can have people with improve the local economy, that's also going to help people be able to cover their rent and cover their mortgage and that kind of thing as well, too. Yeah, and I... I I think this is why I'm, you know, I'm not officially on the on the committee. I advise the committee. I don't ever get to vote. Sometimes, you know, I like to raise my hand because <laughs> I want to be supportive. But 
they don't count my vote. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the reason I'm, I'm advising is exactly for that reason, is that, you know, again, we're talking about not just the economic development side of things, but um, we're, we're talking about community development at the same time. Um, and so those both fall within uh, the parameters of, of my position uh, and absolutely want uh, people to live and work within your community. Um, I, I, I think it's challenging sometimes, again, if you talk about people who are committed to this community on, on an on a entrepreneurial side of things, um, if they have to live outside of the community, there's a bit of a disconnect there, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you go home at the end of the day and you're, you're going home to another community. Um, and I think we can all talk about how, how beneficial it is for people to, to be involved, you know, coaching soccer or, uh, you know, driving past a, a bump in the road and you're not simply saying, ah, somebody else can deal with that because I actually don't live here. Mm -hmm. um, people become um, involved citizens um, if they live and work within their, their community, not to mention that they're also paying taxes. Um, <laughs> so that, that is to the benefit of everybody at that point, right? So. Yeah, uh, from an economic, sorry, I should say community economic development uh, perspective, um, this is right down the center for us. Yeah, well, and from my experience, just reporting on the community, there is a lot of passionate people in this community that do try to improve, and I think that's uh, a way to attract people to want to live in your community, that's for sure. So uh, it's in terms of what the goals are for the Affordable Housing Committee, what are your goalposts going forward? and? How do you measure your own success going forward? Well, I think um, Guy covered kind of um, our goal, goalposts to this point. You know, what we have done and those have been, we have basically just tried to uh, put into practice what the housing strategy um, said, trying to fill in some of those gaps where we have gaps in affordable housing um, or home ownership in Lacombe. And so, um, those have been the goals and successes so far. Uh, we only have uh, so much money left in our pocket now, <laughs> and we need to use it because otherwise we need to give it back. Yeah. And so that's why this year, now this uh, request for interest, uh, expressions of interest is critical because uh, we need to have a viable project um, come forward that um, we can support so that we can then um, use those funds. And after that, I don't know where we're, where our direction takes us. So that's yeah. No, I, I agree. I think that you know, obviously, in the short term, it's to to, to spend the money and obviously, hopefully, maximize that. Mm -hmm. I mean, Modi indicated a project. It would be great again if we could if we could spawn two or three. Um, and uh, again, we're looking for creativity uh, to to deliver on that uh, on that guiding principle for us. Uh, in terms of long term, um, I think that, again, we'd have to revisit the terms of reference. I think council would have to look at, um, you know, wh what they want us to be. Um, I think a lot depends on whether there'll be funding available from the, the, the federal level of government as well as the provincial level of government. Um, uh, and, and we have made some suggestions ourselves as to how to make this committee sustainable. One of them was uh, to supply, was it $500,000 over a 10-year period? Mm -hmm. Um, in order to, to, to ensure that there was funds to be spent. Um, if there's no funds to be spent, um, you know, the, the committee, I, I believe, gets irrelevant uh, pr pretty, pretty quickly there. Is there any lobbying component to this, to those provincial and federal levels there? Because I think, I think municipally most people know that this is an issue going forward with those numbers you mentioned, but that also seems like that needs to be 
communicated to those upper levers to ensure funding comes down? Is there is there a lobbying component to what you guys do, or is there a way to do that? I guess through council would be obvious way, but yeah, I've, that's I I wanted to make that point that we are a committee of a council, mm -hmm. and so um, we can make recommendations. Um, in the end, the council approves um, what we recommend or don't approve what we recommend, um, and so. My answer, I guess, would be no. There's no lobbying from our side. <laughs> but we do, though. You know, everybody who is in the committee is passionate about housing. Mm -hmm. In our own sphere of work, we definitely do that. And, and I think that's probably more the case. I mean, yep. when, you, when you look at somebody like Odie, who's, uh, who's working with the Lacombe Foundation, when you're identifying uh, a potential need, as we discussed, with, with seniors housing in the next uh, 10 years, um, you know, that might not be done through the committee, but that may very well happen through committee members who are involved in their own individual work at this point. So again, when you talk about Odie with Lacombe Foundation, we have Susan McDonald uh, with uh, FCSS. Um, we have uh, some members from uh, from U-Turn Housing with us. Um, you know, everybody's passionate uh, about housing, uh, but it doesn't have to happen through the committee. Um, they can do it through their individual positions. Absolutely. And just kind of to wrap things up here, maybe any some closing thoughts on this issue and maybe how people can get involved and contribute to uh, improving housing affordability in the region, in the community. Um, I would say to find out for first, what is the current situation? I always say, you know, um, find out what is what is current reality and then go from there. Uh, there might be people who don't think that housing is an issue uh, in Lacombe. I know that that was the common consent 20 years ago, um, but we have found out differently. And um, to be aware, uh, I think, just of opportunities and then to um, have an adventurous attitude, you know, uh, regarding housing. Uh, if something comes down the pipe that it comes to your neighborhood, support it. Um, and just uh, be open-minded. I think that it's so important just to look at the, di the richness that diversity brings into our community. And we can make sure that that happens by just looking at all the different options for housing. So we can accommodate different from different income groups who all bring something different to Lacombe. I'm going to sound like a broken record, probably echo a lot of what Odie just said, but in, in my mind, you know, I, I think a number of people have uh, an opinion of what affordable housing is, and it's probably very outdated at mm -hmm. this point. When you talk about the, the successes that we've had, um, a number of these projects, I, I don't even know if you'd be able to identify them as affordable housing projects. And so, you know, um, I would challenge people to, to, to get rid of that stigma that is perhaps attached to affordable housing sometimes and understand that this is an opportunity uh, to bring more people to the community, um, to, to allow people to, to, to grow within our community, uh, both on you know, getting a, a home right out of the gate or maybe aging in place. Um, there's, there's lots of opportunity uh, through affordable housing and it doesn't necessarily mean that you know, we're offering cheap, cheap rent and, you know, uh, and, and people <laughs> aren't maintaining their, their, home, their homes appropriately, right? So um, there's lots of positive to come from affordable housing. I think that's very well said from both of you there, and I appreciate both your guys' time today, and I hope you guys come back on again. Thank you very much. Thank Anytime. you.